Welcome to the Agency Collective Tales with Ellie Hale, our podcast where we talk to our brilliant agency owners about all things agency life. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Stuart Ritchie from Powered by Coffee. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So as always with the Agency Collective Tales, we start right back at the very beginning. So how did you get into working with agencies? What prompted you to start your own agency? I think this is basically the only thing I have ever known. So back when I was a teenager in the early days of the internet, I had started designing and building websites for video games like forums and communities and stuff that were really popular in the early 2000s. But it never occurred to me that that was a job you could do. It always just seemed such a hobby thing for people that I was interacting with. So I ended up going off to uni and to first human and mammalian physiology. So if medicine is the body going wrong, physiology is the body in its right state. So it's how the body system works. So like how your heart beats, why and how you breathe and how all those things work together. Originally, I was going to go into drug research from Mm. that into pharmacology. But you realize at a certain point how messed up pharma is in some ways. So came out of uni in 2018, 2019, and in mid-crash, there wasn't a lot of jobs going. Went back to Ireland for a bit and I moved around my parents' house and they packed me up to go back to uni to do a master's in IT and systems design. And it was like crash master's. So coming out of that, I really sealed through that quite easily compared to a lot of the people that were in my class. And through that process, just started doing bits and pieces of websites and stuff like that. So I just fell into it a little bit. Somehow decided during that master's degree that I just was going to start doing websites again with people because I'd kept it up. Um, But at that point, realized that it was a job (laughs) you could go do. So that's where it started. For those that don't know about Proper Coffee, we're very much a WordPress development agency. So we don't do a lot of design or a lot of marketing work. It's really technical stuff for larger scale sites. So publishers and enterprises and groups that maybe have like multiple instances and things need to talk to each other. But that's not where it started off as a very general purpose. Oh, we'll make your website company. So we did things for local charities and coffee shops and tiny restaurants. And we've kind of grown from there. So how did you go from the smaller local businesses to scaling up? Because I know that's something that lots of agencies, when they're initially starting off, struggle with is getting bigger clients or establishing what their position is or what their niche is. So how did you guys do it? It kind of happened quite naturally. So over time, we started doing less and less of the design work. So I feel like at the time, and it was living in Scotland and Glasgow at the time, there just was less developers around, particularly freelancers who were young and didn't necessarily know what they were doing. So I ended up doing a bit of outsourced work for a couple of agencies where they would hand over designs and I would go off and build them. So eventually we stopped with the design part and it became purely, but we just end up building these sites for people. And that worked out better because you weren't really managing the client. You were only doing bits and pieces of the, the process part. So that meant you were working with slightly larger projects than you would have been able to get on your own. And so from there that built up So it eventually became less and less general purpose website building into doing more specifically WordPress stuff. And then as we did more WordPress stuff, we got better known within that community. So I think back in the day, I did a lot of stuff around how processes work within WordPress stuff like version control and dependency management and giving talks at things like WordCamp London about dev tooling and things like that. So it very naturally progressed from there until the point where like, okay, we're only doing build stuff. Who has the more buildy type projects? Who do we want to talk to where their website isn't their marketing, but it is the actual product that they are selling. Like it's a core piece of what they're doing. And that took us into dealing with kind of media and publishers. And then once you can deal with things at that scale and kind of do anything, 
So every problem they have, it's a problem every other company has. That's how we got there. It was never an intention of like, sit down and work out what our positioning is. That's not how my brain works. All those <laughs> things become very obvious to me very quickly whenever we're doing things. Like I never have to sit down and do that. We're going to work on this. We're going to work on this. And our experience is like, here are the things we're going to do. I think I just must process it subconsciously. Mm-hmm. That's a nice place to be. And is this the work that you and the team enjoy the most? Yeah, because at that, there's very few things that work off the shelf exactly as you want. So you end up kind of doing a lot of things as you want. Mm-hmm. You kind of be quite dictatorial about how things are going to be. They are quite stressful because if something goes wrong, it can go really wrong. Yeah. yeah. But it's more interesting, certainly, than building another brochureware site for an accountancy firm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not for us. <laughs> Little disclaimer there. How many people do you have in your team now, Stuart? I think there's seven of us at the moment. So how have you found that going from somebody that had gone effectively straight from uni into owning a business? How have you found people management and cultural organizing all of that? It's terrible. I hate it. I hate it so much. We've dabbled with remote and being on site in different ways. And we've always been somewhere in between. So I hired someone relatively quickly, maybe a year or two in, and then we were plateaued for a while. One person was okay to manage because it's, oh, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. But my brain does not work in a micromanagey kind of way. I'm going to tell you to do something and probably leave you alone to do it and assume it's going to happen. So we have an unusual team balance where despite being quite small, we have someone who fills the role of head of agency who deals with a lot of the HR and a lot of the cultural pieces that we're trying to do, as well as most of the marketing and being the general day-to-day. I don't want to say runner because they still come to me with a lot of stuff. That would be their goal is to take that over because my brain is just not suited for that. I am a technical person and a technical problem solver. Not a people problem solver. Not a like, not a people problem. Yeah. So we have a little bit of an unusual structure, I suppose, compared to other agencies of our size, but that's what we need. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to progress. How many staff members were you before you hired that HR marketing person? They originally came on as a marketer, and that would have been in the middle of the pandemic. We took our bounce back loan and we're like, right, well, everyone's retreating a little bit. Let's take the loan and hire a marketer to try and do and push a bit further and a bit forward. Clever. Um, And so then over time, their role evolved as they wanted to be more involved. So they started to take over bits and pieces of finance and admin and stuff like that. So they could take some of the sales work off me and some of the sales admin. And then that progressed into that and that. And so their role has grown. Again, I needed the help. Help me. Help me. But I think we were probably four and they were number five. They came on. But again, that role changed a lot over time. It's quite a shrewd move, though, an early strategic hire to palm off the stuff that I think as an agency founder can really drag you down. You've really got to find the joy in what you do, haven't you? And learn to delegate the tasks that fill you with utter dread. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the key things for me was just before all the pandemic stuff kicked in, I found out I had quite severe ADHD and it got through like 30 odd years of my life without diagnosing it. And it really was not a great place whenever all that stuff started. And I reckon if you did a survey of agency owners, a lot of them would have it and wouldn't know and wouldn't be diagnosed or would have a diagnosis and wouldn't necessarily talk about it. There's definitely a lot of neurodiversity that comes with the level of creativity and I guess the sporadic nature of agency life. I think you might be right there. But I think a lot of the advice you get from how to run a business comes from a neurotypical perspective of you need to take two days off and go do a strategy and make a plan. And then everyone's like, all right, I need to go do that. It's like, I'm really struggling to do that because I don't have the attention to put into that. Actually, just intuit it. That's what you're going to do anyway. So don't stress about not taking the two day planning thing. 
we might have those now, but that's for everyone else's benefit, not mine. Like I know, <laughs> I know what's going to happen coming out of that. It's just a matter of like, right, well, I have already solved this problem subconsciously. I am going to take your input and reassess it. But I think a lot of business advice can be really bad for neurodivergent people because it puts a lot of emphasis on you got to get through this, you got to do this, and you got to hustle, and you got to like X, Y, and says like now nah, you got to rest and do what you're good at. Yeah. And part of the mistake we've made now is because we have developers working under me and a lot of folk coral doing a lot of the side work. It's like oh, actually, I just now get stuff that I don't particularly want to do. Like problems come up to me that take up my time rather than solving the things we want to do. So that's the next thing for us to solve with me as a neurodivergent person to get around to that next stage. So what's the plan for that? Is that hiring more additional support or is that just looking at the team and looking at processes and looking at how you can navigate it together? Yeah, looking at how to navigate it together. Problem with some of my positions is that your needs and the accommodations you might require of yourself can be a bit of a moving target. So it might be a bit more support and help We're at the moment floating the idea of an account manager, part-time couple of hours a day to be dealing with those clients because I will get very hyper-focused on whatever I'm doing and then can drop all my emails for a couple of days. It's not great for everyone else involved. So someone who can take over bits and pieces of that or more of another developer to give the developers that are already underneath me a bit more breathing room so that less stuff bubbles up to me. So those are two of the options we're looking at, but we've got to win some work to make that happen. What is your new business strategy? What is it that you're doing to find those bigger projects? We're working along the folk we have already to increase their billing with us. So we tend to work on a retainer basis with most of our clients. So it's trying to increase those up to a point beyond which they go, actually, we could just hire someone internally. So it's running the account to a point where they don't think too much about getting rid of you, but that you are still valuable. Beyond that, we've got a whole other like marketing stuff coming out. We've got our own podcast that's going to be out soon. Not sure when this is going to go out. So it may already have come out by the time this goes up. It may not. We're trying to start a series of webinars in conjunction with professional bodies in the spaces that we're going to be working in brilliant that's really clever so who are you interviewing in the podcast the podcast our working name is currently scale a podcast for modern media and at the moment the early ones are clients that we're already working with to talk about projects we're doing with them a few people in agency collective that we've reached out to that do similar things a few people in industry that aren't necessarily ac but work related fields and we're trying to get our first batch of those up and out and then we'll do another round of maybe going to folk we want to work with to be like hey would you like to be on this podcast to talk about a particular thing and hopefully we'll get a few people coming to us with interest in being on it suppliers into that space our first one is on a wordpress plugin that we've built for a gent as a product that he is going to sell into media companies that does data for elections in the u.s which is obviously oh going to be really goodness important coming up Lighting. And that podcast is a little bit around, okay, well, here's what your product is and here's why it exists. And media is responsible for how messed up the world can seem sometimes. Here are some ways we can look at being better and countering misinformation a little bit. Can't talk about the rest yet, right, shortly. Sound great, Stuart. It's such a good way as well of getting in touch with those aspirational clients and saying, we just want to talk to you, come and have a go. That sounds really exciting. And then what else have you got in the pipeline? What else are your plans coming up? We've got some webinars and things we're going to do, again, within that media and publishing space. The first few we're looking at are around how advertising is going to change in 2023. And then the next ones are going to be around AMP and should publishers still be using that just in case anyone in the audience is interested in those. Other than that, we're looking at products. We keep solving the same problems. 
So we're like, okay, let's normalize these a little bit and try and get them out. We're also looking at putting together some training material for people to purchase potentially around DevOps and WordPress. So running WordPress inside of Docker, running scalable WordPress on AWS and Google Cloud and platforms like that. So really high end, how to do these things. So trying to take all the bits of the business and monetize them independently without always being client and retainer focused. That's such a good idea. And that's so clever. Just to finish up then, Stuart, what would you say have been your key lessons if you were to pass on one tasty tidbit of advice to agency owners listening? What would you want to pass on? I think you need to get very intimate and familiar with yourself and how you work and your differences from other people. And maybe read a little bit less and do a little bit more or if you want to read, read the fundamentals rather than tips, articles, and things like that, because one size isn't going to fit all. There's no point in reading all this stuff about how to scale a business when actually you need to scale it a different way because you have different needs to get out of that. I think that is the big thing that I have learned is that just because someone else is doing it one way doesn't mean you have to do it that way. And there's no right or wrong way to do this. It's your thing. That's bloody great advice. Thank you so much. I've had a really lovely time. It's been a really interesting Thank chat. You. And good luck with all the exciting stuff you've got coming up. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, stay in touch, and if you like what you hear, find out more at theagencycollective.co.uk.